As promised, I have the top recruiting reporter on the grounds at University of Virginia. My homegirl, Jackie Franchula, is in the building. She's going to bless us with some information on what's going on with the University of Virginia's transfer portal recruiting endeavors and also what's going on uh, in the future. This is Locked on Virginia. You are Locked on Virginia, your daily podcast on the Virginia Cavaliers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good day, viewers and listeners. I'm your host, Big Law, Lawrence Johnson, and welcome to the Locked On Virginia Cavaliers podcast, your first place to come to get your Wahoo fix every day as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And as you can see, the day is, as I said, Friday the 13th. We could have some spooky things going on right now, (laughs) but uh, we have our number one Officer on the grounds, reporter Jackie Franchuli from 247 Sports. How you doing today, Jackie? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. And we're about to jump into some things here, but let me give you guys our title sponsor. Our title sponsor today is uh, Bet Online. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. So, yes, Jackie Fantrulli is, like I said, the foremost uh, reporter to come to when we're talking about what's going on on the grounds at the University of Virginia. And we're going to bless you guys with information on the transfer portal, the latest or whatever there is left. And then we'll talk about some high school recruiting and where the University of Virginia sits right now. Then we'll talk about what's coming up. Uh, down the road for uh, the university, uh, maybe getting towards the spring game. Because think about it, everyone. The spring game is only, what are we at, a month, two months away? Uh, actually, spring practice. April, yeah, mid-April. Right? Yeah, so yeah, spring, spring practice, practice will be the end of February, yeah. So so we got to get this ball rolling. So, uh, But how's everything going, Jackie, on this beautiful Friday for you? Oh, it's busy. Contact period is back. So coaches are on the road checking in into recruits. So you can they can have in-home visits with 2023 recruits and any transfer targets. But they also can visit some high schools and start kind of evaluating and take a, kind of take a lead on that 24-25 class, which is an opportunity they didn't have last year. Because remember last year, they came in kind of late into the cycle and they were busy trying to secure their class. So mm-hmm. because of that, they weren't able to really recruit further along in the future and now they can so you'll see them really put an emphasis on recruiting 24 to 25 mm-hmm. and i see your trophies in the back you're an award-winning reporter correct jackie i mean i know you're modest but let everybody know the truth about you yeah uh so actually uh yeah these are mine and that's actually my husband so we both uh um worked in local television for for a while that's how we both met so uh he's uh he's an award-winning journalist himself so we uh we kind of put him all over here like the Wonder Twins activate or something, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> got yeah. it going on. Yeah, so um, so what we got going on, we're going to talk about the transfer portal. Of course, that has been kind of a whirlwind for the University of Virginia. It was kind of down. Some people were down on the quarterback pick, but then once they kind of looked at the tape and maybe they feel a little better about it. Um, and then, of course, you know, it was down until – uh, you had a recruit from Clemson come in. You had Kobe Pace. You had 
uh, Deshaun Parker. You also had the Northwestern receiver come in. And I guess right now um, we lost Dejon Parker, and now we're uh, bringing in another lineman. So kind of give me the state of the union on the transfer portal. Right. So right now, um, as of this morning, they've enrolled a few of them, actually. Tony Muska is already on grounds. Malik Washington is also on grounds. Um, so you've got two transfers that have arrived, and also obviously defensive back Cameron Kelly is also on ground. Mm. So those three transfers have made it on grounds. Dejon Parker was meant to be one of these guys who signed. Obviously, you said he's head to Iowa. And then Yugana Nana, he's a mid mid-year enrollee as well. He's not in signed up yet, but um he committed this week. So um again, they can they can enroll until the last day where you can cut and add classes. So he's got a few days, obviously the first day of classes only on January 18th, but most of the guys who were early enrolling were meant to be on grounds today on Friday. So you've got those guys there. Now, Virginia is still being busy because like Tony Elliott said in his early signing date press conference, they still need to bolster their secondary and they're still needs to bolster their trenches because they're down on the O-line, especially because they lost not only guys to the transfer portal, but guys like Jonathan Leach and Derek Devine are no longer playing football. They're transitioning away from football, if I use Tony Elliott's words. So right now, Elliott would like to have 15 guys, but with Dejon Parker leaving and then Nana committing, they're still only to 12. So they would like to add three more if possible. Now, originally, a lot more emphasis was placed on the portal, but as I've been talking to people within the program or around them, I'm hearing that they are still looking at high school prospects as well, and they just offered a high school prospect. Uh, let me make sure I have his name. Jamison Mejia. He's a 23 offensive tackle out of Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Uh, he was offered by Virginia this week, and actually Virginia is visiting him today um, for the first day of the contact period. So they're working on securing him for an official visit. They're also they're also after another offensive line that's committed to another program. Um, so it's – they're still evaluating high school guys. So they're not committed to just portal guys. Cause at the end of the day, if you go into the portal, if you're an offensive lineman and you're good, a lot of programs are going to go after you. And the way it, it works right now is if you're a good old lineman and if Alabama is going to look at Georgia's going to look at those big programs are going to be the programs that go after. We saw it with Virginia's offensive lineman. When they entered the portal, they went to Michigan, they went to USC. So you're seeing that as well when other when UVA is trying to go for linemen that would have initial impact, really going into the starting lineup. That's that's who they want, more experienced guys. It's it's a little bit harder to navigate the transfer portal when it comes to those old linemen because if you're any good, the big guys want you. Because every like like Tony Elias says, like we've always said, you win football games in the trenches, and every single program is always hunting for more big body guys in the trenches. Um, I, I they're think rare. They're they're rare. And it's just like if you're a quarterback or O lineman or D lineman, you're going to be very popular in a transfer. That that's been kind of the the lessons that we've learned in the first couple of years of this portal. So Virginia is still looking for those, I guess, X factor guys, and they're still looking to bolster that secondary. Again, it's going to be a mix of looking at the portal, possibly looking at high school athletes. They're involved with Tavon Kyle as of Friday, 4:23 p.m. He hasn't made his decision yet. Again, another mid-year enrollee. He was down to. UVA ECU ECU's coach left for Louisville and now he's down to UVA Purdue so it's again mm. it's, it's a tight tight recruitment there so we're just gonna have to wait and see on him but again looking at O-line and at the secondary 
secondary, of course, uh, the news, um, I hadn't reported about it yet, but Camp Kelly, uh, 757, guy from where I'm from, uh, where I'm at, actually, <laughs> coming up and, uh, and committing to the University of Virginia. And it's interesting, you know, that he would choose the University of Virginia uh, coming from the University of North Carolina. Uh, have you heard any other uh, words come out of his camp as far as, you know, why he chose Virginia and, uh, you know, because he was uh, an all-ACC uh, player uh, a, a year or so ago. So anything come up with Cameron Kelly and why he chose University of Virginia? No, he kind of kept a little quiet after his decision. Uh, he was pretty open about when he was visiting, but then he decided to kind of stay close to home and stick with family while he, before he prepared to go to Virginia. A lot of these guys who enter the portal and have, you know, an extra year or two of eligibility honestly just want to go home. That's been the pretty much the dominant thing is if you're going to go home, go to a program that you can develop, raise your stock a little bit for the NFL, but also get to play in front of your family. So this is an opportunity for Cam Kelly, not only to get to a program that you can see some development, especially with Anthony Johnson going to the NFL combine and seeing what Vincel Stripers who went into the transfer portal and was one of the most heavily recruited guys into the transfer portal because of the development that he had with coach Rudd and coach mm -hmm. Cox. You have that, but he also, he gets to play close to home now. So um, that was obviously a, a big thing. And honestly, I mean, I wasn't here to covering Virginia during Cam Kelly's recruitment, but mm -hmm. from what I hear, Virginia was a was a school that was heavily involved up until the last minute. So it doesn't surprise me that he would go to a school that he was familiar with. Because again, one thing in the transport that we have discovered is a lot of these kids already know where they're going, not just because of stuff that's going on behind the scenes, but also because they've had previous connections with staffs or with schools. So if they visited a school, like for example, Tavon Kyle, who's, who's choosing to UV and Purdue, might not have visited Purdue recently or visited the new uh -huh. staff, but he was a once a Purdue commit. So he knows the program. He knows that he's visited the program previously. So a lot of that is a big factor when it comes to that. Tavon Kyle, where is he from? Exactly. Uh, he's right now. He is uh, from, he's Iowa state cornerback transfer, but he's from the state of Georgia. Okay. All right. All right. So that, that is a very interesting uh, nugget about Tavon Kyle and, as we were just talking about Cam Kelly, I mean, you know, at University of North Carolina, he played kind of a hybrid safety kind of a position. Of course, I guess having the ability or the opportunity to play cornerback because UVA is light on cornerbacks right now, I would imagine maybe he's going to try to bump out and start playing cornerback almost exclusively at the University of Virginia. Is that your idea of him coming to Virginia yeah. as well? Their staff snaps I mean, they need numbers. I yeah. mean, they need they need they need numbers at corner. That's that's no question about it. And they they're pretty they have a veteran lineup at safety. I mean, look at who they're returning. They're returning almost everybody there. They're Yuna Sanker, Antonio Clary, Cohen King's coming back for his extra year of eligibility. I mean, you 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 know Langston Long. Although I would personally like to see him move at linebacker. I think he's got the body and the frame to possibly move at linebacker. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's back at safety as well. So they have a lot of options at that position while at corner they're a little depleted and they want more experience in there. So I can see him starting at corner. Now, does it mean that he won't move to safety? Maybe we'll see how spring goes. That's why you want these guys to come in spring. So you can kind of play around and see what position fits them best. Yeah. And then of course the uprising of Fentro Cypress, uh, you know, to a, just a meteoric rise for him and being so popular right now, I think that was attractive to, uh, to Cameron as well. So, um, but it's speaking of meteoric rises, let's talk about bet online, BetOnline.net is your source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. 
Get the latest odds and trends for every personal and amateur league out there from football to college bowl season, basketball, and World Cup. We've even got it all at betonline.net. If you love sportscasts and podcasting, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to find a way to get the betting info you need. Head to the website today or get it on your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. So, yeah, so uh, now that we've kind of talked about the transfer portal and you know, kind of where UVA sits right now, uh, let's, you know, high school recruiting, you know, and, and that's, you know, the, the real lifeblood of your program. That's where, where a lot of people judge you by. We just saw Georgia just, you know, mow through uh, TCU. And a lot of that is because of all the hard work that, Kirby Smart's recruiting cl- uh, recruiting coaches did, um, you know, for the past five years, six years since he's been there. Uh, you know, these four and five stars on top of four and five stars, you know, and you can just see, you know, what can come about if you recruit. You know, it's almost like he's followed the Alabama blueprint, you know, to become like Alabama East, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> w- what have you uh, found out about the uh, high school uh, recruiting uh, or the recruiting roundup right now? Sure. Yeah. So yeah, what Georgia has shown is that the transporter is not your answer to continuing success. Transporter is your chance to fill in holes of the roster, um, but it's you know not not your ability to create a program or to build a program. To build it, you need to build a program by going through your high school ranks, and that's your bloodline of your program. So Virginia is on the road, like I mentioned. Uh, Des Kitchings was on to see a 2023 offensive lineman, but the other coaches are looking at 24s, 25s. Um, they, a lot of them are staying in state today uh, because there's a junior day on Saturday. They're having two junior days this week, this month, one this Saturday on the 14th, so that's when a lot of programs. So this weekend they're competing with Penn state and Penn state once again is attacking Virginia pretty hard. And they're hosting a lot of these in-state guys, including a four-star wide receiver, James Wiggins. Um, a lot of guys are at the top 24, seven linebacker, Chris Jones. Those guys are heading to Penn state. So, so, but Virginia is hosting a number of guys. UVA Legacy, Zaire Rayner, and he had a Trinity Episcopal. He's going to be in town. You're going to have guys like four-star uh, linebacker out of uh, Maryland. He's going to be in town. So there's going to be several guys. There's probably about a dozen crucial big guys that you want to be involved with early, like Fern Springs quarterback Christian Martin. He's also going to be on the ground. So again, a lot of good visitors for this Saturday Junior Day. This is the type of thing what they need to do get these guys on grounds, get them as much as possible, and try to seal the deal as early as you can. A guy like Christian Martin is going to point and say, like, we can build a class around you. We can build a program around you. Let's get you committed early. Now, he's going to visit Virginia Tech on the 28th because Virginia Tech does not have a junior day this week. They have one on the 23rd and 28th. They'll have two weekends of junior days as well. So they're competing with Virginia Tech on who's getting these in-state visitors. So Again, this is when you start seeing all that work pay off. Um, like I said also earlier, last year they didn't have a chance to kind of go through and attack 23 and 24s because they're so busy trying to secure 2022 linemen. This year they've secured most of their class. They're trying to fill in a couple hosts here and there, but they don't have to devote the whole staff to that. And also last year the whole staff wasn't even together at this point. Granted, the whole staff is not together right now, but they should be here relatively soon. And with that they're able to attack 24 and 25, and then hopefully they won't be behind the eight ball 
down the line because that's a lot of the things that they were going in is they were going in and going after a kid and then and then the coach would tell them, sorry, we you know he's already talked to you know Penn State for a year already or they talked mm. to him back, you know Brent Pry recruited him in Penn State and now he's over here and we know that's that's got a tight relationship. So again, having uh, at least a year underneath your belt recruiting these guys and then getting an early, especially 25s. I know it's hard to think that you're still focusing on 24s, but you got to go start in 25s. And mm-hmm. you might as well go on 26 too. <laughs> so that's how much they have to kind of work on this next few weeks. And I'm curious to see what type of changes you'll see in Virginia's recruiting approach. Right now, I don't see much as change as far as offers. If you've noticed, Virginia doesn't extend many offers. They kind of have a set system of how they do it. They don't cast a wide net of offers. They go, these are our first line of, I guess, these are our first guys. These are, I guess, team A. Um, and then they go team B. And then they go C. And there's always like a bullpen of waiting of guys that they would say like, hey, these are the next guys that they would offer. So right now, they have the first group of offers. So I'm, I'm curious to see if they change that style. Because that's more of a Clemson style. I'm curious I was to say see it's more Virginia. methodical. Yeah, I'm curious to see if Virginia changes that routine or it changes that process. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would say they've lost a few kids because they don't offer quick enough. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm curious to see if they adapt to that. Like I get what they're trying to do is trying to make a Virginia offer um more appealing because it's like I just I landed this Virginia offer, but at the same time telling the kid this is your offer. It's committable. We want you. We're not offering the guy net after you. We're offering you because we want you. So I get it. I get the process and what it stands for. But in this day and age in college football, like I, I don't know if they could Virginia could afford to do that compared to, you know, like a Clemson who can't afford to do that. I mean, I've covered the SEC and Clemson would go after Florida and come in late or and still be a a forced to be reckoned with against Alabama, Georgia's and Florida's because of Clemson's winning tradition the last few years. Virginia doesn't have that kind of backing in. So when you come That's in right. and you have other schools already there, like Duke does a good job of offering early. So does Maryland. So does Pitt. So does Wake Forest. Those are the schools that you're competing with. The only school that doesn't come in and recruit early is a guy as a team like Stanford, but that's just a whole nother can of worms because they have admissions and they cannot offer a kid until they've got through the admissions process and admissions gives them a green light. So that's a whole different story when it comes to Stanford. So again, I don't know how this is going to work for them. And now this is, this is the year I, I've been telling everybody this, I'm giving the 2023 class a kind of a, they did a good job closing. And I'm not going to evaluate what how they did it because that was a new year. It was a new head coach, first-year head coach, new staff, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what's what, and also starting late. 24-25 is where you really see how the staff is approaching recruiting. Are they doing enough? What needs to change? Are they adapting and adjusting quick enough so that they can have success on the trail? Question. So I guess the – uh just getting back to the portal really quick if you had to give the portal a grade uh what would you give them on a on a grade for the transfer portal Oof, um, they did get a couple four stars which is you know very interesting get a, to get I, I give them a solid b um mm-hmm. i give them a solid b i think the transfer portal it's hard to grade you virginia when it comes to the transfer portal and i think people have heard my spiel a lot about transfers are not the answer for virginia because it's so hard to get them admitted into into the university because if you're mm-hmm. a grad transfer, you needed to be your graduate school to accept you. And if you're credit's an undergrad, gotta you got a <laughs> credit, got a match. It's not about GPA. 
GPA. Someone could come here for a perfect GPA and still not get into Virginia. You're talking about kids from Dartmouth, UGA, uh, to like Georgetown, to um, Harvard, to Yale. Those schools, you would think it's an automatic win for Virginia. But I can tell you there was a couple, there was at least one Ivy League student that was not going to get into UVA because credits did not match. So is that alignment? is what. Hmm? Was it yeah. alignment? So was it was, alignment? Yeah. Yeah. So. So that's that's the problem that Virginia is dealing mm. with. So that's why I like I'm grading it as the B because honestly, it's tough to recruit the portal through Virginia. Not only are you dealing with that, you're also dealing with, you know, tampering. I mean, it's yeah. no secret that things are going on and you're trying to do it the right way. But Tony Ellis talking about building a model program, so they're not gonna tamper, they're not gonna go behind the scenes. So until they do regulations like they do in English Premier League or La Liga where they use transfer bans if you tamper before the transfer window opens or a fine for the program, it's going to be hard for any school like Virginia to kind of work the portal. So you have that going on. But you also have, the like I just touched on, the high school process of offers. That same mm -hmm. process goes with transfers too. So right. you have an issue where, so there were times where they the coach sometimes needed to go and see the prospect face to face before they give an offer. And I totally understand you want to see the physique. You want to see his size. You want to see the character and see if it meshes, but these guys are getting offers from other coaches that are not doing that process. And then because the transfer portal moves so quickly because they're trying to figure out where they're going to roll in January after only starting the process, what weeks ahead of time you get the issue of uh, the offers and visits are sealed pre pretty quickly. You also, have the the problem that you know a lot of these coaches on UVA staff weren't together weren't recruiting these kids that were interested in UVA previously it was the other staff so you can't even call these kids that wanted to uh, Cameron Kelly is the exception but usually you can't call the kids like hey we recruited you to Virginia before you're in the portal can a kind of can we come back actually you know Devin Chandler Marquise Hagens did that last year when in the mm. transfer he was a, a guy that Coach Hagens recruited heavily and then uh -huh. Chandler chose Wisconsin. So when Coach Hagens saw Chandler go into the portal, Hagens communicated with him. It was a natural connection, natural relationship. Virginia doesn't have much of that right now because these these coaches, apart from just what two or two of them, didn't weren't here at Virginia the last few years. So even they don't have that. So that's why the Kobe Pace from Tony Elliott was an interesting win because Tony Elliott did essentially what you, a lot of the other programs are doing. They're kind of going back to the Rolodex and saying, oh, we recruited you like three years ago. We have a relationship with you. Let's build on that again. You liked me before we were in your top five, top three. So let's mm -hmm. build on that relationship. So those are the things that Virginia kind of has to navigate in the system. And honestly, NIL, I know a lot of people talk about NIL in high school, but honestly, NIL in the transport was much more prevalent than it is during your high school prospects. NIL is not moving the needle. I, I know this is probably going to uh, irritate people. But I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> NIL is not about the three-star guy and that UVA is going after. NIL does not affect most of the recruits that Virginia offers. I'm going to repeat that. NIL does not affect most Virginia recruits. Now, in the portal, that's a different story. NIL is something that is discussed in the transfer portal. That is the, so when you look at NIL, the transfer portal is where it affects. Not saying the NIL doesn't affect. I mean, I'm just following the drama that's going on at University of Florida with, uh, with the quarterback Rashada. But that's who the NIL is, those five-star guys. We're not talking about the three-star guys that Virginia is battling. Will there be some things that might go behind the scenes? Sure. 
but NIL is not the deciding factor when it comes to high schoolers. Well, you know, you think about, you know, these players that are, you know, coming in from high school and, and what Virginia has to offer. It's almost like, you know, the NIL, it, it really, you know, for, t- for a school like Virginia, it almost decreased, I don't say decreased the value, but, you know, if you're a, 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 an athlete, student athlete, and sure, you want to play football, you want to get a great education, but the NIL really pulls away, I think, more athletes from a school like Virginia, where Virginia could really lean on, you know, the type of degree you could get, you know, you get a, you know, you know, education from University of Virginia, you can go anywhere, you can work anywhere. But when you give, you know, a student athlete the offer of, you know, especially a high-end athlete, which is a lot of times what they're looking for, you know, an NIL offer, you can give them, hey, we also are a great football program and, you know, you can get a quality education. I think that that hurts a, a school like a UVA where really they really leaned on, you know, the educational side. So, you know, the landscape is changing for everyone, you know, and, and I feel like, yeah. you know, the, the wide net is the process I think that they need to cast as opposed to being very, like you said before, they're, they're very calculated you know, and who they recruit. They need to kind of be a little bit more aggressive and say, you know what, we need to just put it out there to see who's listening. Yeah, I I agree with that. And I kind of wish they do cast a wider net. I actually agreed with that one thing that Bronco Mendenhall did in the recruiting landscape is they did cast a wide net. I think that was a Mm -hmm. good strategy for them, especially how they handled it. He didn't focus much in state, which is a shame. I think they should have done that. But I also like the fact that he did recruit nationally. I think UVA Mm -hmm. is a program that they should recruit nationally. It's, it's, you know, academically, um, you should recruit the prep schools in the area. You should go back to Florida, go to Gulliver Prep. You, those are the type of schools well. that you need to recruit. Um, mm-hmm. St. Thomas Aquinas. Again, those are the programs you need to go. I, I would go further because right now, like, yeah, St. Thomas Aquinas was the reason why they went in there is because Terry Kirby's son played there. So obviously there's a UVA connection there. And obviously Gulliver Preps, the head coach, is also a Virginia alum and former Virginia player. So, yes, there's a couple of Virginia leg of Virginia connections there, but I say go further into other private schools, go back to Kentucky, see what Xavier Brown's former high school is doing because they're obviously a state contender almost every year. Try to get into those private schools. Um, and again, those are the type of schools that have that model kid that usually you, you kind of look, Oh, that's a UVA kid. When you look at their profile, look at their, uh, I guess your, their resume, bio. you call right. your bio and you go like, that is a UVA kid. Um, the one thing is I think the NIL is going to kind of balance itself out though. I think because you're seeing it play right now, uh, university of Florida is a prime example of what's going wrong with NIL. You know, they're being held hostage about the situation with NIL and you're going to see what Miami's too. You know, my, it, it, it's becoming an issue where schools are not going to get wins here. And then you're going to get boosters who are going to say, how much, how much I'm paying for this or how, mm. like uh, you got businesses who are saying I'm sponsoring a kid from high school that hasn't played one down of football. And then you go mm-hmm. into the depth chart and he's not in number two or even number three because he's not performing well in spring because come on, these are kids that haven't played one down college football. You don't know how they're going to handle the speed of the game. You don't know if they're going to fit the scheme properly. They might need a year or two to adjust because this is real life and things don't happen as quickly as they do in video games. So Again, so I think the NIL is going to balance itself out because I think you're seeing this exorbitant amount of money now. 
And to be fair, a lot of the stuff that you see in public was going on in years for college football. So you're just seeing what's yeah. going on in public. It's above, it's just so above it's just, the table now. It's <laughs> just above the table. So that's right. why I'm saying a lot of times when people say NIL, NIL, I'm like, a lot of this stuff is just public now. Some of these great numbers that you hear and stuff, a lot of the more drama stuff, those are the things I'm saying. Those are going to be balanced out in a few years because some of these kids are going to get this big bag up front and then realize that I'm not getting developed at this program. So I'm just going to get this money up front and then not be able to get to the NFL. But again, you also, so it, there's a lot of stuff that's going to balance itself out in three, four years. So you kind of just have to hang tight, figure out what works for your program, adjust as much as you can. And hopefully there's going to be some regulation. Obviously you got to count on the NCAA to do anything, but you, hopefully there's some regulations there and you just kind of, you just kind of have to adapt until that balance out because again money isn't infinite there there's not a, there's you know uh what was right. the, the limit does not exist that gift from the mean girls i mean it i mm -hmm. mean it does exist there's a limit to how much money you can put out there and not see success so like miami right. like last year was a losing season are they gonna pay every single year for mario cristobal to not have a winning season well i mean he needs to win this year with the, with the players that don't got good nil money so again there's a different level. So we're going to see things balanced out here. Also, you know, we, and we can't, uh, we ain't breaking any news or anything, but you know, a lot of people you, you've seen some of the chat groups are upset because there's no offensive lineman. We actually lost a potential starter because there's no offensive line coach, but there is news on the way. I know maybe you want to throw that out there for people to, to, to keep uh, on your, uh, your, <laughs> yeah. your, your, well, I've learned, I've learned, uh, well, I've learned I've learned a lot lately where uh, done deal is not a done deal until there's a public announcement. So I hate like I, I had my my poor subscribers and in between uh, Christmas and New Year's, I got a, like two good sources telling me that they were on the verge of getting an announcement. They were on and then suddenly things fell through and they did not. So right now things look good for one particular candidate. So mm -hmm. we have not had an announcement. I keep checking my phone. At Friday mm -hmm. at four forty-five p.m., there has not been an announcement yet. So, but I expect things to run smoothly with mm -hmm. this particular candidate. I don't see uh, any problems as of right now. So, mm -hmm. hopefully, there will be one. And yeah, you know, so the O line coach is an issue when you have other programs go into your pro uh, prospect's ear and say. They tell you who the O line coach is. Do they tell you who the O line coach is? Uh, you only have a year yeah. of you only have a year of eligibility, so you got to make sure you have the right O line coach. You know your O line coach yeah. is here. You know what offense we're about to run here. You know we don't have a full rebuild job with a new offensive line coach. There's a lot that gets told to these prospects, and I get it. I mean, if I'm I only have one year of eligibility, that's a different story. You only you need to know who your O line coach is. Yeah. But I've covered recruiting for ten years now, and I've seen kids commit without an offensive coordinator. I've seen kids commit without a defensive coordinator. So at the end of the day, it's more than just what's the position coach there at the end of the day. Right. Um, right. There, there's, there's more reasons. So yes, that was probably a reason, but there's always more factors to it. Um, again, a kid commits to several programs. I mean, I've seen kids commit to a program without a head coach. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, right. Um, so it's again, when recruiting, there's a lot, of, it's never one answer that I'll just put it that there's never only one reason. So make sure you subscribe to Jackie's 247 uh, platform there so you can get the inside from her. And, and when that information does drop, she'll be able to share that with you. 
Uh, it's a really cool service. What, what are you running right now? Is it still 50% off? And you get the, was it Paramount? Or what do you got going on? No, actually, that one ended on January 2nd. Um, okay. So we See, are. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm with it, though. You know, I'm, yes, I'm you are. <laughs> so we do have uh, the first month is now $1. So you can go over there and, and check it out. Um, you know, we, we tend to run a couple of sales a year. But right now, you can get that first month and do monthly. And then we usually have a couple of sales that once you're on monthly, we can upgrade to annual um for a smaller fee than you would do for the annual so uh, again this is going to be the time of year where like i mean this morning i think i pumped up four stories within an hour an hour and a half mm. because wow. coaches are on the road and home visits um there's gonna be new 2023 targets going on i will be at fork union on monday if you're familiar with the area fork union has a prep program postgraduate program that's where corinth mm -hmm. cutler uh, Turtle went for um, mm -hmm. half a year before winning to Virginia. I'll be going there attending their camp. And actually, Virginia coaches will actually be attending that camp as well. So I'll get information there. So that those are the type of content that will be expected in the next few weeks. I'm looking forward to that as well. So before we close out, let's talk about what's next. Of course, like we said before, the spring game's on the way. It's coming quick. Uh, in, in, in your opinion, professional opinion, Jackie, what's next for this program uh, on the recruiting front? It's, you know, it's looking good at some points, but it's also thin. Is it too early to ask you for somewhat of a, a grade for 2023 uh, class? You know, kind of give me an idea. Tell me what you think. So it's a little hard for me to grade the 23 class. I, honestly, like I think the transfers made it into a B because mm. I, I think the transfers filled on a little bit of the holes that they needed. And honestly, the defensive recruits they picked up in the final weeks of first before signing day those defensive linemen out of florida i think that was a great haul i think that that made the class to be honest with you i think those mm -hmm. guys those commitments the kids out of florida were some of the sleepers in that area and the kids out of georgia to be fair too i think virginia is doing an excellent job of going into florida and georgia two hotbed areas of talent where everyone likes mm -hmm. to recruit but that's the thing everyone's recruiting those powerhouse programs programs and there's always kids in there that get ignored or are slept on those are the kids virginia should go after which which they did it's which like was very smart over getting this exactly. spillover, you know so you, yeah. you go in there and you get those guys that aren't getting fought over by all these programs those mm -hmm. are the kids that are left behind sometimes those are the kids that develop into very great college players in years three and four once they get into a strength program and get into that development so virginia did a good job there um I thought they needed to recruit a little bit better um, in state. I know a lot of people are like, well, they recruited a lot of good guys in state. I'm like, yes. But my thing is, I think when they first got into the position, they didn't really understand what it took to recruit to Virginia. I think they had an mm -hmm. idea of how what it took to recruit Virginia. Like they knew about the academics, they knew that. But I think they went after. Um, so I, I always think there's like a couple levels of high school recruits. And they aim for a couple of their resources to be placed in some areas where Virginia did not have a shot in landing the recruit. I'm saying that that's, that's great uh, that you go for after those kids, but you ignored some other kids in other areas where I think they could have actually made a dent in that recruitment. And when they went back and tried, it was too late. So I think that's an area I want to see them improve this year is try to, you don't have a limitless resources in a recruiting office that you did in Clemson. So I think right. that was a learning curve. Um, and knowing that because your limit in your resources, you need to adequate those resources accordingly to a couple of guys that you know you have better chance at. I know it's that pretty shiny five-star 
might be something that you want. And it's maybe something that, that you might be able to get in Clemson. To be fair, Mike London has shown that you're able to get five stars of Virginia, but it also has a different age in college football too. So it's, yeah. it's really hard to say like, don't go after the five stars, but at the same time, don't ignore those kids in your backyard where you're going to go back and then sorry, too late, Virginia Tech, Duke, Pitt, all those other schools have already mm-hmm. been on there. And then you come in and then you have to fight with relationships that were built months before you get into the picture. So that that is something that I think I I want to see moving forward from Virginia. Um, but uh, for 23, this is for the second year in a row that I think they attacked the transfer portal pretty well. And they, mm-hmm. they filled the gaps that they needed. But I think what I want them to do is to get those high schoolers that can really make an impact. Not relatively early. I don't want them just to play all freshmen here, but get guys that can by sophomore year, junior year can really make an effect and that get guys that, you know, will move the needle, um, Mm -hmm. more buzz in the program. So, um, get there, get those guys early. I mean, if they can pick, if they can seal Christian Martin, I mean, this class, this 24 class, if they can seal Christian Martin early or a quarterback early, that could really turn the tide for momentum in the state of Virginia. Well, I can tell you, like you was talking about Coach London. Yeah, go after the five stars, but you got to backfill. You got to yeah. backfill with, with which is with, where the whole wine net like cast thing right. a wine net offer. So that that's where we are, and I think they learned from last spring because again, mm-hmm. that last spring was a lot about learning. They were already behind the eight ball, and then they had to learn some heavy lessons. So I think that was where we kind of got delayed a little bit. But I think now they they're they realize what they need to do, and you see that. Um, they've moved the needle with a couple of good in-state athletes. I mean, Christian Martin has visited Virginia a few times already. He camped at Virginia, got, and then he came back for unofficial visit about a week later, got the offer, was back at Virginia during the fall, and he's back this weekend. So obviously they've done something right in how they're recruiting Christian Martin. Well, I know there's some coaches clinics coming up, some high school coaches clinics coming up for, uh, for Coach um, Elliot and I know that. Do you do any of the clinics at all, um, or do you? you know, I, I, go, it kind of depends. At all, kind of depends on the coaches' clinics because they're right in the middle of not only spring football but also basketball season. So I'll be covering Virginia uh-huh. men's basketball, and uh, uh-huh. I'm hoping that they'll make a longer run in March. Uh, so I will. I'll be traveling. Yeah, so I'll be on the road for Virginia men's basketball. So uh, I, I don't, I won't be able to kind of say I will be covering the coaches. Okay. Well, I can tell you that'll be our next show. We'll start talking about UVA basketball and we'll be able to catch up uh, with you on that. But before we close, you got anything else you wanted to talk about or anything, uh, how, how they can get a hold of you? Sure. Yeah. Well, obviously you can go on Wahoo's 24 uh, seven. You can subscribe there and we have, you know, a lot of the recruiting updates. Uh, we always have a lot of pin posts of like that. So you can tell when who's visiting when and what's going on there. We'll have updates on where the coaches are. You can find me on Twitter at, at Jackie Fran underscore Jackie spelled differently at J-A-C-Q-U-I-E. You can also find our Wahoo's 24-7 YouTube channel and our podcast. Our good old podcast is also available wherever you listen to your podcast. So several different ways to get a hold of And as promised, like I said, the top recruiter on the grounds, excuse me, reporter on the grounds when it comes to recruiting, Miss Jackie Fran truly. Thank you for coming on, Jackie. And uh, we want to thank you for making Locked On Virginia your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get 
your podcast. Thank you, everybody. We will be back uh, down the road. And thank you, Jackie, for coming on. This has been Locked on Virginia.